Welcome to Ease, the entertainment and showbiz experiences podcast. It's all things entertainment based, how to get into it and how to develop it into something once you are ready to move on. All the information people didn't tell you, forgot to tell you, or were too busy to tell you, all told through personal experiences. Hello everybody and welcome back to season two of Ease Podcast. I'm so excited to share all of my special guests with you this season. This week, we have Heather Nicholas, mother of six and co-owner of Eight National Talent and Motivate. She sits down to discuss dance competitions and why she's focused on unity at her weekend events. We discuss all things dance, from her training in LA to her many multiple years of teaching in Texas. She gives me her insight on how to get the most out of each weekend dance experience. Take a listen to this week's one-on-one. Heather, welcome to the show. How are you? I am great. How are you doing, TJ? I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. Tell everybody what what you do, Heather, and how we met. All right. Well, things are obviously a little bit different right now, but the way that we met is before the things got all different in the world. And so I own eight national talent competition. I actually co-own that with my dad, Rick Ferguson, and we are on season six. And you came on board with us last year and we loved you as a judge and then we're able to bring you back for other competitions and nationals and everything like that so um you were a perfect fit for our company and what we have and we just believe in you i guess as much as you believe in us so we love yeah that. yeah of course i love the whole brand and the whole um environment that you set up what do you guys um what are some things that you guys really practice at at this um competition well, I think the way that we advertise is the comp- dance competition of unity, and we are just that. You know, everybody out in the dance world, it's a small bubble, and so it's important to teach everybody in that world to work together and that we are really all trying to reach one goal. And so our full faculty at eight believes that same way, and, you know, just the by the way that everybody is introduced at the beginning when they come in the doors at the front door and then back to the backstage area, and just teaching those kids to cheer for each other and yell for each other and appreciate each other. Um, it's it's just a big part of it, you know? I mean, of course you're there for a competition, but there's so much more to it than that. So we really are trying to teach the other side of things and understanding with the kids that they're all really there for the same goal. And that's yeah. just to get better as a dancer. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. the best way to do that, you know, is to support each other. For sure. No, really. It felt like a nice family. It feels like a family environment, even with all the visiting studios and students and and faculty from other studios. It really does feel like a nice family environment where everybody can be themselves and do whatever they needed to do. And that's what I really appreciated about um, being there this past year with 8 National. And then speaking about family, how did how did you grow up? What was your childhood like getting into the dance world? Well, I was born in West Texas. So Midland, Texas is a little town out there in West Texas um, to my parents. And I started dancing at three. I think my parents tried to put me in every sport, and that was definitely not a match for me. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Actually, my mom has this funny story that she was like, I'm going to sign you up for tennis because my mom was a tennis player and golf player and everything. And um she was like, I'm signing up for tennis. And I said, well, I'll still be sitting on the same curb that you dropped me off that when you picked me up because I'm not going in. <laughs> and it was pretty rough, like trying to play every other sport. And they finally realized, okay, this is not for her. So I grew up dancing, um, competing in dance and gymnastics and cheerleading and all of that stuff. But I guess in about 
10th grade, I decided to fully focus on dance. Um, gymnastics and cheerleading are also very time consuming. And I think mm-hmm. I finally sat down with my parents and said, what can I do for my whole life? You know, what's something that you could, no matter what age you are, still have it in your life. And not to say that you couldn't coach gymnastics or cheerleading your whole life, but dance is something that is just, um, it's constantly evolving. It's always challenging. And it was just something that I loved. And, you know, you could be 88 and pop into a ballet class if you want to. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, um, for so sure. I made that decision then to make that my thing. Um, after, let's see, in high school, I did, you know, the high school drill team there at Kingwood High School, which is called the Phillies. And I did the officers there. Moved off to Kilgore College, which was a very tiny little school in East Texas, um, but they're known for their rangerette. So I did that, and I did the Swingsters, which was their extra jazz company. And then I decided I really just wanted to dance, dance, not do the um, the drill kind of dancing anymore. I really just wanted that more freedom, I guess. So my parents, um, <laughs> I guess they would probably say they made the mistake of taking me to LA that summer. <laughs> But I say that it was the best decision ever because they brought me out there and that's when it really just clicked. I was like, this is what I want to be doing. I want to be dancing in these kind of classes every day with these teachers mm-hmm. every day. And so I begged and begged. So that was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college. And I was like, I really want to be there. And my parents are like, well, you know, you're 19 and mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that I'm the only child. So they were, you know, the fact that um, I wanted to be out there on my own at 19 kind of scared them, of course, yeah. which now looking at. Now that I have six kids, I'm like, yeah, I could see how that would make them a little scared. <laughs> but I begged and begged. And finally, in February of my sophomore year, they gave in. And so I did move out to L.A. And I, oh, my gosh, I loved every min- minute of it. And I think that's when I finally felt another love for ballet. Um, growing up, it was I wasn't one of those kids that actually, you know, was just like loved being at the ballet bar, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just because it, I didn't have like that right person to make it click yet. And going out there and um, actually the specific person I love taking class from was Josie Walsh. And I think it was because of her movement choice and her music mm-hmm. choices in there. It just felt right. And I um, went there every Monday, Wednesday and Friday morning before all the other classes all day. And she really just um, made me have another love for ballet. And so realizing how important that was, I wish it would have clicked before age 19 a little bit more. But, sure. you know, it's never too late. So um, doing that was really it was really great. And unfortunately, I was only in LA for 14 months, but I think soaking up as much as I could from Josie and many other teachers out there at Edge and the Dance Center, um, mm-hmm. which was the, it was Tremaine and then the Dance Center and Mora um, Landis before it came Millennium. We're talking mm-hmm. a few years ago, as you yeah. can tell. <laughs> we don't have to mention my age, <laughs> but um, you know, all of those places. And um, yeah, so I just, I think I always knew like that wasn't going to be where I stayed um, mm-hmm. forever. But it was where I wanted to just get as much as I could out of every moment there. And then sure. when my parents had let me know that the dance director back at their home studio was retiring, um, I said, okay, I'm packing up my cars. So wow. I wasn't quite ready, but I also knew to trust the path. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was basically like, you're either going to come home and take over the program or we're going to sell the studio. I'm like, you're not selling the studio. I am definitely, I mean, that's why I was really out there was to better myself to become a better teacher to come back and share it with the students back at my home studio which my Mm -hmm. parents had for almost 30 years which is pretty cool that's awesome yeah when you you were um sorry to circle back just a little bit when you're sitting down with your parents discussing about in in the 10th grade wanting to continue dancing were they super supportive of all this did they have the studio already and were they supportive of you dancing or did they want you to go to school for something else as well 
Well, they did open the studio when I was 10. Um, okay. And my, my parents had gotten transferred to Houston when I was about seven. And um, that was for my dad's job. Nothing dance related at all, actually. My mm-hmm. mom was a school teacher. And then when we moved out to um, Kingwood, which is north of Houston, um, there was there was a really great, you know, gymnastics studio in the area, but that was really the only one. And then there was um, also, um, they also had a dance program there as well. But that was really the only options, you know. And so there wasn't really a competitive dance program at the time and mm-hmm. and things like that. And so my parents were kind of trying to figure out, well, oh, gotten laid off two years after we got moved here. So then they were kind of trying to figure out, you know, what to do then. And they had always also had their own business in Midland. They had a, a sporting goods store where when I was little, I used to make trophies at. Nice. <laughs> so that was fun. I know. So random. And then um, it was called Ferguson Sports. And so they were like, you know, let's just go ahead and, and figure out a business that we can we can start and grow with and everything. And I think with me being involved in dance and gym and all of that stuff, they wanted to do something that I too would be a part of since I was sure. also 10 sure. at that point. And so I was one of those little studio rats. I lived there. And <laughs> so that was fun. My mom tried to teach school one year still while we had it, but that was a lot, you know, being at, yeah. being at the school all day and then running the studio at night. So she only did that the one year and then um, they both just full-time ran the studio. And then of course in high school, I started teaching a little bit and everything, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I kind of just knew I always wanted to come back and be a part of that and help that continue to grow over the years. And then when you were, so you, you moved to college, do you, did you ever go back? Did you ever wish you would have gone back or were you, were you like content on this, on this path that you were on? You mean going back to college? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So my parents really, they both went to Texas Tech and I kind of mm-hmm. grew up thinking I was going to go to Texas Tech and be a cheerleader. That's what I always thought when I was a little kid. Gotcha. And, uh-huh. But deep down, I was like, school was never my favorite. Sure. <laughs> I was always yeah. like, like, I'm going to go buy the Cliff Notes kind of kid, you know, like, I really don't want to sit down and read that whole book. If I have that kind of time on my hands, then I don't want to be sitting and reading a book. You know what I'm saying? That was just yeah. kind of how I always was. I've always been more on the go and wanting to challenge myself on but things that I enjoyed, you know. Um, right. Now, looking back, I wish I would have learned a little bit more on some things in school. Or it's funny because, like, you know, the older you get, you start to become interested in those things that you were learning mm-hmm. way back in, say, middle school. And I'm like, oh, I had no desire to do that then. But now yeah. I'd like to learn it, you know. So I just felt like learning along with my kids, I guess. But um, I've really never wanted to go back to college, I have yeah. to say. Um, I think you have to find the path that leads you to what you want to do. And I think mm-hmm. college is perfect for some. Um, for me personally, I mean, when I went for that year and a half and a week to Kilgore, I had fun. I met a lot of really amazing people there. Um, but for me, I just, I just wanted to become better at the art that I had yeah. a passion about, you know? And that's yeah. so true. And I, and I tell people, I've been interviewing a lot of people and we've been discussing this college sort of at either going or not going. And I always say it's, it's for some people and it's not for some people. It's not, it's not everybody doesn't have the same experience and they can learn different things. Like you said, you went to LA and you had, you soaked up as much as you could when you were living there. What was your experiences like living in LA and dancing and being immersed in that kind of scene? What did you, what did you pick up on out there? Well, I loved it. Now it's also been 21 years since I Mm -hmm. moved there. So I know 
obviously things change every year, but back then, I mean, as soon as we went out to find my apartment, I met the most amazing people that were in my apartment. Of course, I always call it my room because it was my studio apartment. <laughs> so yeah, all my yeah. friends used to laugh. We'd, you know, be at the pool together. I'm like, okay, guys, I'm going to my room. They're like, Heather's your apartment. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought it was Nola's place. <laughs> but so I met a lot of really great people because I think once you're finally kind of like that little fish in the big sea, you find mm-hmm. the people that you really relate with. You know, you're not limited say at a school or at a college, you know, when you're only around certain amounts of people, which you meet great friends there too. But when you really just are thrown out there, like you really do find those people that you connect with the most. So right away, I met some great people at my apartment. I felt really comfortable there. I felt like I was in a safe area. I was right there in Sherman Oaks. I loved it. It was like the perfect oh, nice. weather. I know. And I miss my palm trees so much. Everybody always <laughs> um, says, oh, you love your palm trees. I do. I absolutely love them. And um, just having that view and it just kind of has that just breath of fresh air kind of feel you know yeah um because when you can lay at a pool and see snow on the distance in the mountains that is just yeah. such a cool feeling so between yeah. those classes that's what i would do but i really oh, did oh. live at the studio i um i would go there and i met a lot of really wonderful teachers and peers oh. in class that you also learn so much from just by seeing you know all the styles that end up in la because they're really all from all over the place of course and so just being able to watch other people and see how they learn and how they move and learning from, from all of them so much too, not just from the instructors, of course. Um, and then really trying to make myself take things that were kind of out of my comfort zone because growing up, I would say I was more, you know, in like the jazz and lyrical and it wasn't even called contemporary yet, but (laughs) contemporary basically. And then, um, actually I took some of the very first contemporary jazz classes, like with Ryan Heffington. I loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was super creative and just out of the box. And I, I love when he still makes posts about things he's doing. And I'm like, oh, memories of the of that great class, you know, yeah. and, um, just being a part of that. But I would really make myself take a lot of hip hop because that's where I was not yeah. the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it was really big then. So uh, I really made myself take like if I was going to a lyrical where I felt comfortable and a little bit more, you know, pick up faster. I'm like, all right, if I take lyrical today, I got to go to two hip hop classes today. You know, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to force yourself, of course to step out of that um the normal so yeah and that's the thing with like you said back then 20 years ago i i was there around just around that time as well um hip-hop was really big and it was coming into into the mainstream really heavily and it felt like you really like you said you had to double up on whatever class you were taking like lyrical ballet whatever you had to double up on hip-hop just to make sure you were staying up with all the information that was coming out um into the world when you were in LA, were you were you working out there, or were you strictly just taking classes? Um, I did a little bit of other stuff too. I danced with Intuit Dance Company and Blue Soul Dance Company. Cool. Um, Stacy Teedsley had uh, started Intuit, and that was a lot of fun. She just had me in class and was like, "I'd love to um, bring you in with that," and that was a lot of fun. Um, met one nice. of my greatest friends, Amy, who we used to always just take class together. Met her through that company and um she was just one of my good friends we'd always go to have yogurt after our rehearsals you know yeah. kind of one of our fun little memories at studio yogurt and um yeah so that was good you know I met some other people doing that and it wasn't super involved to where I could still train a lot and mm-hmm. you know do some performances with them I also did some extra work for fun just for some extra money nice. and then um I did like a Ford Focus commercial you know just some little things that were just like mm-hmm. on the side, I didn't, I didn't really ever want that to be my full focus, I guess. Um, gotcha. I liked doing that kind of stuff. And I think if I would have known I was only living in LA for a year and a half, um, I probably would have designed my time a little bit different because I think I would have loved that performance opportunity a little bit more. 
but mm-hmm. then again, that's just not what it was meant to be, you know? Right. So now I get to just put the training in other directions and stuff. And, you know, you never really know where the path's going to bring you, but never did I think I was going to be say, saying that I own aid and motivate, you know, but at the same sure. time, it's, it's cool to look back at the path and see that's why, you know, that's why that was cut a little bit short. Yeah. And then you mentioned, so you went back to the studio to teach at any point in your growing up or either at in Texas or in LA, did you know that you were going to be a teacher or a dance teacher or was this like a, a new development that had happened? You know, when I was doing it in high school and then coming back in town during college and everything, I always loved it. I really loved working with the kids and I loved, um, seeing them develop and figuring out how each of them learn differently. And that's kind of a fun challenge too, you know, cause they're all so different. And so mm-hmm. I really, I did love that all the time. And so I knew that eventually I was going to be coming back and, and taking over the studio and um, directing the dance program there and the dance company there. So yeah, I think down in the, in the deep part of my mind, um, didn't know when it would happen, but I knew that that was definitely in the past. Yeah, that's awesome. I I think that I I mentioned on my podcast too is like I didn't realize in my training did I ever think that that was going to be something that I wanted to do. But as as I as as I got into it, I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be this is fun, and I like like you said, really um, motivating those people that are going to be the next generation of dancers and see how they evolve through all this process and what their next steps are going to be. Sure. So I just love that. Um, so you're leaving, you leave LA and you come to, you come back home to teach. What are you, when do you open up eight? How many years is, are you training at the studio or are you teaching at the studio before you open up eight and why open up eight? Let's see. We were, I directed the dance program at Lake Houston Performing Arts Center. Well, it was Kingwood Gymnastics and Dance Academy. And then my parents moved to the Tascosita area. So we switched names once we moved. Um, mm-hmm. So, but we'll just say Lake Houston Performing Arts Center. I was directing that for 18 years. Wow. I did the judging circuit for 14 years. And thank we overlapped the few by a couple of years because they just sold the studio two years ago and we're on our sixth season. So right. I think just, um, you know, you know, being on all sides of it, for mm-hmm. for so long so being on the dancer side and then the dance teacher side directing side um seeing my parents as the studio owners judging and everything i think i just wanted to develop a competition that really united the studios and the teachers and the dancers a little bit more mm-hmm. um there's so many great competitions out there and we had a blast you know i i love competition i love just that i don't know that rush it gives you you know is that from a teacher it's it has its, you know, ups and downs, of course, but mm-hmm. definitely more ups and um, just really, I don't know, so rewarding, you know, seeing your kids out on that stage and everything. But I think, you know, we'd come to the end of the season. I'm like, oh, I'd be really cool to be able to do this or, you know, sure. I've been a few seasons in a row, I felt like. And so, you know, I guess just one day just being there at the studio, um, me and my parents were talking and just like, you know, it'd be really neat to be able to develop something that that's just a little bit different, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, really talking to the teachers about what they're wanting and trying to take on some of their ideas as well. We, we do really try to listen to everybody. And I just Mm -hmm. love that side of it. You know, the closeness that we have, that's something that, you know, I'm at every event. I don't ever want to have more than one event per weekend because Mm -hmm. I believe in that side of it. You know, I like to really know, the teachers, I really, I like to see those kids, the same kids, you know, each year improving and seeing all their hard work coming out on the stage and just all of that, you know, and really just appreciating them and what all the hard work that they're doing too. And so I think being able to develop 
something that I really believe in. And then having a faculty that I also know believes in it has mm-hmm. been really cool. You know, um, it was, it was tough having the studio and eight because I also, huh. um, I have my husband, Chris, that we've yeah. been married 17 and a half years and we have six kids. And so, you know, really finding, finding that balance, um, was definitely a challenge for a while because, you know, when you're teaching every day and basically living at the studio, getting home about 10, 10 30, having dinner at 11 yeah. and then choreographing until three in the morning and then repeat, you know, the next day. And it's hard to find time to really tuck your kids in or even support mm-hmm. them in their activities, of course. Um, Cause I also am trying to be a soccer mom and a volleyball mom and a dance mom, and, yeah. you know, a baseball mom. And then Chris also coaches baseball. So, you know, it kind of felt like sometimes we were just running around in circles and never really seeing a finish line on each week, you know, when sure. I'm traveling Friday through Sunday, sometimes Monday morning with eight. So once, um, once they decided to close the chapter of the studios, um, definitely it's more balanced, you know, now I get to do my favorite part, which is teach master classes and do choreography, but then just kind of knowing I'm traveling every weekend in the spring. So I can just mm-hmm. plan on seeing my kids a little bit more in their practice parts of their activities versus maybe their games or other things on the weekend type situation. Yeah. yeah. It's so, it's so cool. Um, uh, that when I saw you one time at the competition and you were watching the game via an app, I was like, you were, <laughs> you were doing like 16 things at the same time, but yet you were still devoted to making sure that you made that time to be there for your kids when they were playing games. Or I think it was, I think it was either baseball or uh, might have it been was, a few different it was that things. awesome game changer app you're right yes yeah. i remember that i was like eli's up to that and we were on our break and you guys are like what are you watching i was like actually this app is i don't know who invented it i'd like to give them a shout out because it is like how i get through my spring and <laughs> support my baseball boys yeah no it was so cool it yeah, was so awesome was- and that you still took that time and you had all that you you really managed to divert all of your energy to just about every aspect of your life and it's it's really it's it's, it's inspiring because you have so much energy to do oh, all those things. Thank you. Um, I you try. Oh, you do it so well. Um, you also have another aspect to eight, right? It's motivate. And tell us about that. Yeah. Okay. So motivate is our convention and we did not start it at the same time as eight. Um, we're actually going into season four this next fall and Lynette, who is awesome. Lynette, mm-hmm. she's our um, awards, we call her our awards chick there at eight, but she's amazing backstage, um, just super organized, but such mm-hmm. a high energy. And that's why she and I get along so well, you know, we're both goofy and have a lot of fun. And she also, you know, she's got three children and then a studio. So we get the just go, 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 go kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and since we were roomies every weekend, you know, for eight, we were just kind of developing some other thoughts and, Then we sat down finally one weekend with my dad and we were like, you know, we really need to make this happen too, which was our convention. And so we called it Motivate, which is the M-O-T-I-V and then the number eight. So it all tied in together. And with Motivate, we started it as just strictly a convention where the kids could just come and not have that worry about, you know, competition or anything and really hired on a faculty that is all about the kids. They Mm -hmm. are all about sharing and just giving the kids as much as, as they can to soak in for the weekend kind of idea. Um, you're not going to see the the teachers in the middle of all the kids, you know, filming themselves kind of thing. Like they're right. in the middle of all the kids really making it about the kids, you know, and mm-hmm. I love that about all of them. Um, I think that's really important. Sometimes our world gets a little bit off track of what's really important, you know, in the dance world. And there's so many incredible dancers out there, but our faculty for motivate has just been, I, I don't know. 
the feedback that we get after each event is just it's a lot of positive, you know, and that's, that's an awesome thing to hear. It is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we, we have not talked much with it. We have been kind of strictly the business side, but um, even though Lynette and I both love to teach and everything, it's been really cool to just walk around and just like hang out with the kids and hang out with the parents and, you know, kind of be on that side of it. Um, I, I don't know. So I, I think we probably eventually will teach a little bit here and there and especially the mm -hmm. little guys and stuff. But it's been fun to just watch it develop. And we've got plenty of faculty that we believe in so much that we've been able to do that, mm -hmm. which has been really nice. Yeah. No, absolutely. So the faculty lineup has been fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they're they're really great at what they do. And, you know, something that we do different there, you know, we're not featuring different kids on the on the stage and calling out different ones. And um, we have these little creative artist bands. But so if a kid is standing out in class and working really hard, they might throw them one of those wristbands during class that says creative artist because they liked what they had to offer. And so instead of bringing that child on the stage to separate them from the class, they have them stay out there so that energy is contagious to the others. And also, you know, once they are brought onto the stage, that makes it a little hard for them to still be in the class. Now they're used as the class assistant. So instead, mm -hmm. they're out in the middle of everybody still. And the other ones aren't feeling like, oh, you know, this, this one's always getting called out. They're all really equal, you know, which I mm -hmm. think is important. I feel like every child feeling like they're equal at well, everything they go to, you know, their conventions, but also even like at eight, knowing that we care about each and every level, you know, that that matters because you're going to mm -hmm. have all different levels, of course, in a convention room. But if that child that was, you know, only on their first year of dancing, but they got recognized because they were back there working so hard, that right. was like their highlight, you know, and that's something they're going to remember that goes into their memories that they're always going to have, which and if we could help with that, that's really cool. Yeah, of course. Um, just a, a, a question. Um, in competitions, what do you think the advantage of of going to a competition as a dancer is? So going to a competition versus just taking classes or, yeah. or performances mm -hmm. or things? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it just pushes you in another way. You know, you're, you're getting another performance opportunity, which is always great because any yeah. time you have a chance to get on a stage and perform for an audience – that's a win-win, you know, your audience is getting to enjoy your talent and you're getting to perform for a group up there. Um, obviously getting that feedback from the judges is mm -hmm. a wonderful thing because if those judges have a lot to offer, which I feel like our eight judges really have a lot to offer. My, my main thing always from that judging side of things has been keep your eyes on the, the dancers the whole time and give them as much feedback as you can from your teacher expertise. You know, you can make that light bulb go off maybe in that child's head different than maybe what their teacher has been trying to tell him for five years you know you mm -hmm. don't know so I think um it might help something click with that dancer to help them improve and get to that next step of their training and then mm -hmm. I don't know it's just so much fun just that whole vibe is so fun even if you're not a really competitive person I just feel like getting up there and kind of like just meeting those other dancers and being in the wings and watching others and appreciating them and their talents and everything. It's just, it's just such a cool vibe, you know, and especially yeah. if you have that vibe backstage, um, cause it should be like that. It should be a positive and a supportive of each other kind of experience. So I think for, for dancers that, you know, are just taking class, I think that's wonderful, but it really does just put help in a healthy way. It helps push them to that next level and helps see what else is out there. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, you get a, you get a nice little catalog of all of the other people that are dancing as well, and what where everybody is in in your city or your town or your, or the or the United States when you go to nationals. You really get a nice overall view of what's happening in dance world when you go to competitions because there's some people from all over the country, not necessarily just in your town. So I grew I grew up in South Florida, and I knew a lot about South people from South Florida. But when you go to competitions, it's nice to see people that might be from California or that have flown in for nationals and they're they're from way on the other side of the world or on the other side of the United States and you really get to feel like what they're bringing to to the dance world is um could help you in any sort of the way um for sure yeah because everybody's constantly improving and changing mm -hmm. you know because there's really no limit in dance which I think is the coolest part about dance it's constantly growing and evolving and just when you feel like okay I feel like I accomplished that it's like styles just change completely you know which is yeah. making it really fun and exciting from all you know from the t- teacher side as well as the student side and everything but yeah mm-hmm. you're exactly right you know with going to the different cities with eight and stuff it's really neat to watch the different styles in the different cities and we mm-hmm. don't travel all over the place but you know when I used to judge you know say like out in Michigan or Chicago or California yeah it was really neat to see how different everybody was they were all amazing at what they did but it, I don't know it was just really cool to see yeah, and you you it, as a judge, you get to see all of it. Kind of helps you reflect on what's happening in the world, and that's what I liked about it. Is like I got to go to all these different cities and see the new styles of dance that people were 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 really really great at. Some of them were exceptionally great and kind of motivated me to think outside of my own box. And it's inspirational. I think that goes hand in hand with with motivate. Is that these now these kids get to witness and actually take those stylings on and help them grow as dancers throughout the process as well. And, and it helps, um, the teacher as well. They get to see how their student moves in this different style, which is, is, is amazing. Yeah, for sure. And it's a lot of times too, you know, the teachers giving them that freedom to like, here's the choreography, but we do something Mm. else that's called the innovative challenge where the kids can make it their own. Oh, I nice. think that's a really good thing to do, too. You know, they spend a lot of time, if they're on a dance company, cleaning and all looking the same. But when mm-hmm. you, you know, when you're improving and you're pushing yourself in that, you know, that's a great thing. But also this innovative challenge, they take, say, Helene's choreography, right? Mm-hmm. But then they see how they can make it their own without changing it up. But, you know, can you add some levels or can you, you know, reverse this part or can, can you do the section on the floor instead of on your feet? You know, just different things like that. It challenges their brain, but then it's mm-hmm. actually really cool for the teacher side of things too, because then they're like, oh, you know, that was, that was really, that was creative how they made that into that, but it, they kept mm-hmm. it, I don't know. It's, it's a really neat challenge too. And it's just another way to push them to another level. Yeah. And you know, what's another thing that I really, that you mentioned too, that I really liked about the, about eight when I went there is you have this amazing section. I mean, every group, it's not even, you don't leave anybody out. You like, you add incorporated this improv section that I never had seen before. I have been on and off in the judging circuit, but it was um, completely eye opening for me. And I think it was the most transformative when I judging part of it that I like the most. Why did you want to incorporate this improv section into the competition so heavily? You know, I've always enjoyed doing improv with my own students. I, at first, you know, they all were scared. They were, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And especially 
you know, parts that are improvs that they were not comfortable with, of course. Sure. They all say felt comfortable doing contemporary, but I don't want to do the jazz one. Well, of course you need to do the jazz one. You need to get comfortable in everything. And I think just back when I knew that, you know, in most auditions, you know, you're either going to mm -hmm. start with, say, ballet or improv, it seemed like. That's how yeah. it all kind of got going. And just getting my students comfortable with that. Uh, and then they became so comfortable with it, which was awesome. And it was like just seeing that, that those kids, you know, which were just there at my home studio, were getting more and more outgoing with it. I was like, that would just be really neat to be able to do something like that on the stage and introduce to everybody how important it is, you know. And mm -hmm. it's it's really uh, great to see, you know, some of the kids, they're not, they're not going out there to win the improv challenge. They're going out there to say that they did it, you know, because mm -hmm. that's a huge step, even just getting out there because – they don't know what kind of music we're going to play or what genre it's going to be at all. You know, we mm -hmm. just, we put them all out there and then depending on, of course, how many there are, we'll divide them into groups and everything, but they don't know if it's going to be hip hop or mm -hmm. jazz or lyrical or what it's going to be. And so just to know that they got out there and went for it is like the first step for a lot of those kids. And some of them come off just ecstatic. They're like, mom, I actually made it through that, you know, which is cool. Yeah. And then, you know, to make it to that next round and so on and so on, they can push themselves each year a little bit more. But yeah, I think just the importance of knowing that that's kind of developed, that helps develop you as a dancer. And that's our little motto with Motivate is be you, you know, don't try to be every other dancer in the room, but just develop who mm -hmm. you are as a dancer. And improv is the best way to do that. So yeah. knowing that, you know, you can turn on any music in your room and just let go and, and do your thing. And that kind of helps you develop your own personal style. So I think in incorporating that into eight and getting the kids more comfortable and doing that in front of a big audience has been, it's been really neat. I like, I like it the most of everything too, you know, at yeah. regionals. It's been so much fun because they just have that kind of go out, do my thing. Don't worry about messing up. It's just yeah. be who you are. Yeah. And it really, it as when I was adjudicating for you, I, I was like, gosh, this is kind of an interesting thing to put in. But then the, immediately the very first one that went on, I was hooked because mm -hmm. it gave me it gave me an insight on who this person is and what their voice is, because we see a lot of them um, in different dances and they're working really well to try to maintain their space or maintain the choreography or really use somebody else's voice to express what they're what the message is that they're trying to do that we don't always see who this individual person is and I mean it really sharpens my my eye for who these people are and what what the um what the future of dance is going to be because some of them come out in shockingly different styles than I would have ever imagined them and they are um so advanced and some of them are moving their bodies in ways that I could not even fathom and they're doing it with such ease and precision and that's why I just love love that improv section and I was like I gotta find out what why she wanted to do it so so much oh yeah yeah and I noticed that other groups have started doing it too and I think we all do it a little bit different but yeah it it really is just so great for the kids and like you said you know they spend so much time cleaning and doing someone else's vision which is also wonderful you know yeah. I think that's very important but at the same time you would have never known some of those kids could move like that right <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like oh my yeah. gosh we're crazy. I don't know it's it's really it's really great or kids that come out of nowhere you know that yep. maybe didn't stand out before and then you see them improving and they're like wow she was super confident in that so mm -hmm. I love it it's so fun <laughs> so fun so fun um so you have eight and you have motivate what are what are five things that you hoped every every person could take out of their experience with those brands 
I think I came up with my top five on how Perfect. to get the most out of your competition experience. I yeah. focused a little bit more on that since that's our bigger yeah. company. Sure, yeah. And I would say one, and, and some of them are things that we mentioned a little bit um, mm-hmm. just in chatting. One is to just be the best that you can be. Go out there on the stage, leave it all on the stage. And if you feel like you did your personal best, then you should be really proud. You know, the awards yeah. are always just that extra. But I think if you're just going out and doing your personal best and being who you are and standing behind who you are is your first thing. Um, Two, I think appreciate and learn from others. Watch others, no matter what their level is as a dancer right now. Pick out things Mm -hmm. that you enjoyed on their performance or or maybe even on their improv. Um, Compliment them for it. You go go up, find them, and, and really let them know that you enjoyed that and maybe even learn from their movement, try to incorporate it into, you know, your own improving at home that night, you know, or do yeah, sure. something that they did and, and grow from each other. I think learning mm-hmm. to appreciate each other is really important. Absolutely. Um, three, I would say improv often. Improving helps you to develop your own movement style and your own movement quality. And then um, also kind of we had talked about with like the innovative challenge, but like even in class, just keep your teacher's choreography, but like on that last run through of, you know, your combo for that day, Make it your own. It's a good challenge for you. And it's something mm-hmm. that your teachers will love seeing their movement ideas develop into different directions and everything. And it's actually a huge pat on the back for the teachers, too. I had some kids do that the other day, and I almost got a little teary-eyed, even though that's cheesy. But, I mean, we're artists, so let's be real. We're cheesy. <laughs> I get a little yeah. too emotional. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I wouldn't have noticed it going that direction. But I love what that kid just did with that, you know. Absolutely. So I think just, yep. like, improving and pushing your limits, um, you know, on on all of those qualities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Four, I would say don't focus too much on the awards at a competition. You know, go on stage with the goal of doing better than your time before. Uh, Dance has so many opinions involved and it's going to change from week to week, even day to day or minute to minute, honestly. Uh, So do things in your routines that you know that you can really nail and then keep working on your challenges during your class. Mm -hmm. And then when you're called out for a word, I mean, that's a really great thing. So be proud of yourself. Enjoy it. Don't be embarrassed to be excited when you do well. You know, that's a great thing. And that's what you've been working for. But just know that that's just the added plus on how you already felt when you came off the stage. If you already feel like you really hit your routine that day. You know what I mean? Yeah, so of course. Mm-hmm. Don't focus too much on those awards. That's not the main thing. Yeah. And paired um, with the I... awards. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. And paired with the <laughs> no, awards is the, is the feedback that you get from all of the adjudicators. So really having all of that to help you propel you into the next phase of your dance career is 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 great and then you get an award for you know standing out or doing your best is, is even better absolutely I agree. absolutely yes mm-hmm. and then five i would say be a team player you know whether you're on a team or just taking class or you're um, at a competition or performing individually whatever it is um, meet others be a good example clap for everybody else help them to become the best that they can be at their art too take suggestions from other people have a good attitude with even on those off days um and make the answer happy place you know and soak up every moment of it that you can but i think just really always appreciating the others and being a team player um is really important you know don't no yeah just be in it for you because you have a lot to share with others and they have a lot to share with you too I mean, and that's that's a like a a life goal for yes. for every person. You need to be a team player with everything that you're gonna do moving through this. And speaking of moving through this, how is how are you and how is eight and how is motivate doing with this um, coronavirus outbreak? How are you guys handling this? Oh, we're handling it. You know, we're, we're also trying to be as positive as as possible. I don't think I ever 
thought that it would be so extreme. So it's mm-hmm. definitely different being trapped in our house with our family of eight and our two dogs. Yeah. Um, so we've been trying to, you know, you had done a, a stretch video for us, which we truly yeah. appreciate. Um, we've been trying to post like live videos and reach out to our faculty to do other videos to keep the kids motivated. We've been doing some online competitions for the kids. We had five winners last week that are going to be nice. getting their uh, eight bracelet in the mail. Yes. Um, as far as, you know, the event at first, we had only had to cancel one when we thought that we were only in our limited mm-hmm. space for so long. Um, and then eight decided to, you know, cancel that event. And we refunded the studios fully because I know that these um, families right now, they really need that money back mm-hmm. in their pocket with so many people losing their jobs. And so that didn't even cross our mind to just do the credit route. So we decided right away, you know, we're going to do that. And if we can reschedule, great. If we can't, it's just not meant to be this year, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then we canceled the second one and then the third one. And right now it's looking like a fourth one's going to be canceled due to the extension. Once again, I know right. our schools out here in this area just extended, you know, how long we're out. But honestly, I don't think we're going to be going back to school at all sure. this year. Um, mm-hmm. I, it just, I don't know. What's the point of going back for two weeks is probably, you know, it's, yeah. I don't know, and everybody's kind of in their little homeschool zone. So what we're trying to do is just keep everybody as updated as possible and nice. um, let them know that we're doing our best to reschedule. And of course, we would really love to give the kids that opportunity to be on the stage, mm-hmm. but we don't want to count on that. So right now we're just as a company, we feel like we should just cancel, refund, try to reschedule. And if the dancers and studios can come, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Right now we still have both of our nationals and two of our regionals on the schedule. So mm-hmm. we are hoping, hoping <laughs> that those get yeah. to happen and then we can maybe do the other ones or at least a couple of the other ones, you know, in June. But I'm just so scared that it's just going to keep getting extended further and further and further. And then I think we just have to talk as a dance community. Do mm-hmm. we just delay our entire season? I mean, does everybody want to just say, let's start in August? And then, you know, it obviously yeah. pushes that next season back. But when you really look at it, everything in the world right now is just going to be on a delay. So mm-hmm. who says that dance competitions have to be in the spring, right? Right. <laughs> we can all just kind of say, let's just keep pushing it. We didn't mm-hmm. go the virtual route because I feel like if we can't do our full experience, I don't really want to do it. Um, sure. And that's just that's just me. And that's, and, you know, talking with my dad and that's just what we chose to do as a company. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that there are several doing it and I'm sure that's a lot of fun, but for us, I feel like they are paying for that experience on stage and that performance that you get to do. So we decided not to go that route, um, as a company, just because I don't feel like that is really what they get with eight. They're not getting the personal fun, you know, Mm -hmm. party backstage with everybody they're not getting that if they're sitting at home and just watching their video from their competition before, (laughs) you know, again, because that, yeah, they've already done that performance and everybody's working hard to get better and better and better each time they're on the stage. So we are kind of just, we've just made the decision that if we can't do it, just like we always do it at eight national talent, we're just not going to do it basically. And then the next time we have one, it's going to go out with a bang and we can't wait to see everyone again. Oh, I miss everybody so much. It's just, it's so hard. You know, it really is. I've been teaching some Zoom classes, but it's just not the same. You know, you sure. can't have your hands-on experience and stuff. So it's tough. <laughs> it's super tough. I know we've all turned into homeschool teachers. We've all turned into <laughs> dance teachers. We've turned into dog groomers, everything. I mean, we just oh are God. now 
we are now all doing it ourselves. Um, and it's a totally different world. And you're right. Um, now is the time who says that all dance competitions need to happen in the spring. You know, it, it's, I think it's going to be a cool evolution as soon as we open up and we're back in. And I really cannot wait to, to see how kids and studios really just flood the space with art and, and what they create, because it'll be, I'm sure those kids and those dance teachers are just wanting to clamor out of their walls and start dancing and performing again. I can only imagine that's going to be amazing. Oh, I know. I know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you try to you try to find that medium on it, too, because, you know, that's not every family's full focus. So, you know, being understanding from where they're coming from, because I know several families that, you know, one or maybe even two parents have lost their jobs. So Mm -hmm. is their full focus to get their child back on a dance stage? No, theirs is just to feed them every day and things like that. So we're trying to keep them updated, but Mm -hmm. not flood their emails too much to where they feel like, oh, goodness, overwhelmed, you know, so. I, I don't know. It's it's tough because there's so many different varieties out there yep. in in our dance bubble that you just try to be there to support them. And I've talked to several of the studios one on one, just letting them know if they need anything or even if I just need to be an ear for them, you know, because I know mm-hmm. that they're in a tough place too, trying to figure out can their studio even go on and and things. Yeah. And oh, it just it breaks my heart, you know, yeah. thinking that some might not even have a studio next year due to all of this and. Mm-hmm. I don't know if everybody would just follow these rules and just stay at home. I know it's tough, <laughs> but yeah. we got to get back to the norm sooner than later for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll all come back tougher and stronger for all, from all this. I know. We oh, will. We will. Yeah, Heather, absolutely. thank you so much. I really appreciate you shedding some light on all of this and all of your experience. It's been great talking to you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you bringing me on. It was fun. It was so much fun. I can't wait to see you hopefully in a few weeks at one of the events. I know, a real hug. Yeah. It's going to be real. I'm so excited. I know, me too. Thank Thank you you so much. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. To view additional content, follow E's podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe and leave comments on the episode wherever this podcast can be found. See you next week.